Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello and welcome to Fort McMurray Matters. I'm your host, Ryan McNally. Today on the show, Chief Alan Adam from the Athabasca Chippewan First Nation is on to discuss an update with the oil spills that took place and the ongoing talks with Imperial Oil and Alberta's energy regulator. I also chat with Andrea Sandmeyer. She is the president of the Otepimswak Metis government of the Metis Nation of Alberta to discuss Bill C-53 a little later on in the show. Joining me on the phone here today is Chief Alan Adam from the Athabasca Chippewan First Nation. Uh, Chief Adam, how are we doing here today? I'm doing pretty good, actually. That's good to hear. Uh, I wanted to ask you about the oil spills impacting your First Nation, along with the uh, Mikasu First Nation as well. Uh, has there been any update on this? Uh, we get frequent updates from the AER in regards to the progress and what they've been doing. Uh, with Imperial uh, to mitigate the problem that occurred back in 2022 and uh, that, you know, we're still dealing with it here today and uh, moving forward with it. Uh, what's this process been like? Has it been a bit of a court fight or is Imperial Oil and the Alberta Energy Regulator, are they listening? Uh, right now we're looking at from a point of, you know, it's, a growing headache. Um, obviously, there's something wrong with the system. Um, you know, it's it's not geared to protect the community uh, like it's intended to be. It's more geared towards uh, industrial improve, uh, approval uh, by the Alberta government with the uh, least of uh, uh, resistance from community members or from a community at, uh, at whole. Uh, because, uh, you know, when you look at the past, um, the energy regulator, uh, when you have these uh, giant corporations applying for a license to operate on uh, traditional territories and, and, you know, First Nations people and in surrounding areas uh, where people are going to be affected, uh, AER is supposed to protect the communities, but in this case it failed to do so because uh, when we go to the hearing, it's just like, we have to lawyer up and we have to spend millions of dollars to plead our case to the AER only to, at the end, uh, the project gets approved. How are folks feeling on the First Nation? I can't imagine this is easy for anybody. No, it's not easy for anybody at all because, you know, in the back of your mind, like, you know, people still wonder, is the water still safe to drink in the community? Um, you know, I've been told by... Uh, the RMWB and with the you know, federal government that uh, the most uh, tested water system in probably North America is probably the water system that's up in Fort Chip right now because uh, they were going through weekly tests and everything to determine to see what kind of uh, compounds were inside the water source. We just started 2024. Is this rather frustrating that this is still an issue, uh, drinking water on the First Nation? It, it is, you know, it's, it's frustrating into that regard. And, you know, when you, 
When you look at the First Nations, when they settled this out-of-court settlement with Canada in regards to clean drinking water, the Athabasca Chippewa First Nation and the community for Chippewa have been qualifying for that. That is uh, incredibly frustrating for sure. And it also has many trickle-down effects, even hunting and fishing. Uh, what can you tell me on that? Well, you know, when you when you look at it from the areas of where the water, you know, that the tailings uh, water was released and everything, there's, you know, wildlife in that area and, and the, the tributaries continue on going down to the Firebag River, and then which also goes down to the Athabasca River. And animals are attracted and, and drawn to the water, and so are the fish that live in the water and everything. And, you know, our people continue to live off the land and continue to harvest fish. And, uh, you know, how long this has been going on, there's reports that it's been going on longer than 2022. And, uh, you know, only by an inquiry, all this would come out and, uh, you know, it's not looking good for the AER. Um, you know, if I was an operator and operating with the bare minimums and getting away uh, because the AER is not doing their job, uh, you, you know, you would have to save costs more ways than one. Than one. But uh, in this case, you know, Imperial sure came clean and, you know, came forth. But uh, we're holding the AER responsible for this matter. What's the support been like uh, since this first came out? It's been uh, a lot of support, uh, garnered support in this area. Um, you know, we collaborated and worked with other First Nations. Uh, we worked with the federal government on this, and the Alberta government wants to see what we can do to initiate this. But, um, you know, it's in that in that fraction, it's, you know, it's, more likely it's going to come to a court case between the AER and the Athabasca Chippewa First Nation. And because the AER is the Alberta government uh, um, component of a department to approve uh, industry, I imagine Alberta government will be involved and uh, it'll also go against the Alberta government and we'll, we'll take it to another step and probably, you know, have to drag in Canada as well too. So those are, those are just pending and, uh, Right now, I could honestly tell you that uh, we have all our paperwork in order. Um, it's just a matter of execution now. Back in March, you had told uh, both Imperial Oil and the Alberta Energy Regulator to not bother apologize. What are you wanting from uh, both Imperial Oil and the Alberta Energy Regulator? Well, what we've got from the from uh, Imperial is that you know we've managed to. Uh, sit down and renegotiate the terms of the agreement that we have with each other. Uh, and that's what the only thing we can do with Imperial through that matter. But when it comes to the AER, um, we're going to be sitting down with them and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what the court case and everything. And then uh, we will sit down and negotiate the terms of what we want to see get done within the AER and uh, hold them uh to their obligation to protect the community instead of protect industry in regards to a flawed system that's been going on for uh, decades now. Protecting people, but also protecting their, the environment as well. As uh, you know, there's really no telling how long term this could impact both land and water. 
No, there isn't. No, and you know, and that that's a scary component about it. You know, what happens if they pollute our water entirely and then we don't have no fresh drinking water? What they're going to do to the people of the community of Fort Chip, and what they're going to do to the people downstream from Fort Chip? Uh, that that question uh, remains unanswered until we get those answers. Um, you know, we are going to be in a, a dogfight. In other words, uh, you know, dig in and uh, uh, how would you say? Uh, Put your heels down and, and don't give up and, and don't give an inch. It is January 2024. Uh, what's your current message to Imperial Oil and the energy regulator? Well, you know, with Imperial Oil, like, you know, we continue to work down this path, uh, you know, work with us instead of against us because uh, you say you're going to be here for 25 years or plus. Well, our nation's going to be here for a long time. For, for a long time to come and your operations. We want to make sure that you guys are operating correctly and with the standards that uh, are there to protect the community. And if you if you com- to continue to uh, oblige by what's out there and if you live by it, whatever, then we see no problem with working together for the future. But if you don't want to comply with the regulations that are there, well, then uh, things could go sour real fast. But uh, same note for the Alberta government. You have the authority to make all the proper changes that's needed. And if you don't make those proper changes that are that are needed to uh, protect the community and, and, and do the right thing and protect the environment and everything, well, then uh, it's obvious that uh, this will probably be a full-scale uh, court case and uh, we'll, we'll take it for whatever it's worth from there. More for my conversation with Chief Alan Adam is next on Fort McMurray Matters. Welcome back to Fort McMurray Matters. I'm your host, Ryan McNally, and we resume our conversation with Chief Alan Adam. Switching gears a little bit here, Chief Adam, uh, in October, you were reelected as chief. Describe how big of an honor this is to get uh, another term. It was, um, you know, it, was, it was a big honor to... Uh you know, be elected as the fifth term for the chief, and uh, you know it's in one term as council. So now it's you know six terms altogether, uh, but five of those terms would be as chief, and it's a great honor to uh, uh, continue to be and represent the community of the Athabasca Fort Chippewa uh, as their chief. Uh, this term will continue until 2027. What are some of the key things you want to get done in that time? Well, uh, you know, with this election, um, prior to the election, we, we held a, a referendum uh, on the election regulations, and we changed the election election regulations. Uh, and what in those changes, we now have one councillor that's residing out of the community for CHIP, so we have three councillors that reside in the community for CHIP and one that's uh, elected uh, outside of the community to represent the community at large. And then the people have voted that uh, we're going to change the date uh, for the next election. The next election is going to happen in February of 2028. So in this term, our term is extended for four months. That is uh, good to hear. A little bit more time to uh, you know get some of those bigger projects done, uh, as well as what I'm hearing uh, or understanding from that. We have a lot of lot of projects on the go that we want to see get done. You know, um, in the community for Chip, uh, 
you know, we're working with the First Nation, Mikasu uh, Cree First Nation, and with the Métis and the community to build a new school. We're also looking at it from a First Nations perspective that, you know, we're just completing a new shop right now and that we're also going to build a new uh, band office in the, you know, coming years. And uh, we have some other things that we want to settle with Canada, with Parks Canada and, and other things and work on the environment and continue to collaborate uh, to do what's right for our community for Chip. On top of those localized projects, you also represent your First Nation on the national stage. Uh, in particular, you know, again, going back to that uh, oil spill as well, uh, I imagine, you know, it, it's it's a great pride and great honor to represent the First Nation, um, you know, when uh, national media gets to reach out to you to talk about, uh, you know, important issues like this. It is. Like, you know, it's very important to have a, a vocal voice out there and that, you know, it's it's well known that, you know, Chief Adam is very vocal when he needs to be vocal when it comes to the community uh, because uh, I am elected official from the community and I speak out on community matters because, uh, you know, if I wasn't elected to do it, then uh, who else would be speaking out on that matter? And I've, you know, one notable thing about that, uh, ever since I was elected uh, as the chief of the Athabasca Chippewan First Nation, uh, my narratives have never changed uh, very far off in regards to my message, what's very clear to be to get done out there in order to correct the problem that we're having. Because this problem didn't occur yesterday. This, uh, this problem occurred uh, 40 years back. You mentioned building a new school, the new shop, and a new band office uh, in the coming little while here. Uh, what what does the First Nation need to help get those projects done? Uh, we need to collaborate with uh, the other First Nations. We have to work in, in conjunctions as a community. Uh, you know, the Miccosu Cree First Nation also has some other projects that they want to initiate, and they want to... Uh, they need our support as much as you know we need each other's support, and we will support each other in that regard to build a strong community uh, moving forward to, into uh, 2024 and from here on in. Switching gears yet again here, uh, Chief Adam, another shooting at uh, Fort Chippewin. How concerned are you about this? Uh, you know, I'm very concerned about the matter in regards to the shooting because it hits home, you know, and it's uh, the shooting occurred... Uh, you know, within a block of where I live, in in that matter, and uh, you know, it's uh, growing concern for other community members. And uh, we just went through a community meeting. Um, we talked about the issue. It's not the first time we talked about it. It's probably about the second time or the third time that we talked about uh, shooting going on in our community. And uh, the more we talk about it, the more people should get. You know, understand that we are doing something uh, to protect the community. It's just like 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 anything else. It didn't happen overnight. It was you know years in the making, and uh, now it's going to take some time for the people to get relaxed and to be feel comfortable to speak about it. That these things shouldn't be happening in our community, and the perpetrators should be. Uh, brought to justice, and the only way we could do that is that with the community help through community awareness, through uh, you know uh, neighborhood watch, whatsoever, uh, security system, working alongside with the RCMP to uh, bring these uh, criminals to justice because uh, creating havoc in our community. And uh, you know when the community meeting happened, 
Uh, the community members uh, did uh, express their concerns. They expressed their anger. And I think that, you know, the the drug dealers that are having a drug war in our community uh, should get the message that they're no longer wanted in our community. And the, the community is going to take back, uh, the community members are going to take back the community uh, whether they like it or not. You mentioned working with the RCMP to ensure the individuals responsible uh, are held accountable and uh, you know brought to justice. How is that relationship with the RCMP? Well, the First Nations are building a relationship with the RCMP in that regard. But now it's the RCMP got to build a relationship with the community folks and and to get the trust back on the community folks that if they are going to arrest somebody, uh, there's no there's no repercussion to the people that are given evidence uh, to put them away. And I think that's where the people are scared to uh, move forward on that. And we'll move, and we will keep addressing these issues and, you know, hopefully we'll continue to have community meetings and address, you know, what's going on and everything. And since the shooting, I think there's been uh, some, you know, some people have been arrested. Some people have been, uh, you know, you're not allowed to go back into the community. Uh, so there was some progress made uh, on that notion, and there will be more progress being made in the future. This is the fourth shooting since August in a town of 1,300 people. Uh, what's your message to the folks in the community? Well, you know, my, my message to the folks in the community is, you know, be vigilant, uh, stay safe. Um, you know, if you, if you know if anything that's going on, wrongdoing whatsoever, uh, lock your doors, you know, and don't answer your doors until uh, everybody gives the green light whatsoever. But, you know, if, if there's going to be a lockdown, it should be called by the local authorities, the RCMP, if they say that the community lockdown is required. It should be coming from the RCMP. Um, you know, as elected officials, sometimes when somebody says uh, you hear shooting, our initial reaction is lock it down and, you know, with not knowing if it's carrying on or it's been dealt with. But, uh, you know, just be cautious to make sure that we are properly informed by the proper authorities uh, before we do anything rational. Is the state of emergency still in effect? Nope, state of emergency is not in effect. Like I said, there's been numerous reports of uh, arrests in the community and, uh, there's a you know crime reduction unit of the RCMP are in the community as well as we speak, and they continue to you know do their job. And uh, when they're comfortable and they feel that it's safe, they will, only then they will leave. And you know it's a, it's a great help by the RCMP, and uh, you know it's a pleasure to have them in the community because uh, they brought security in. And within 24 hours of the shooting, the RCMP were hands on on the ground and. Uh, you know, people were being arrested within 48 hours. Chief Allen Adam, anything else you'd like to add? I just want to say, you know, thank everybody out there, you know, for the support in regards to our community. And, uh, you know, our community is a very beautiful community. You know, so Winter Road is open. Uh, don't feel don't feel shy to uh, come pay us a visit. Uh, I know a lot of people that live in Fort McMurray. I talk to a lot of you out there. You don't drive on the Winter Road. Uh, if you feel a little bit adventurous, come drive on the winter road, but stay on your side of the highway. Keep the speed limit. See you in Fort Chip, and have a good drive. I look forward to making a visit sometime soon. Thank you so much again, uh, Chief Alan Adam, for the time today. Okay, then. Thank you for having me on.
Coming up, my conversation with Andrea Sandmeyer next on Fort McMurray Matters. We are back for more on Fort McMurray Matters. I'm your host, Ryan McNally. Joining me on the phone here today is Andrea Sandmeyer. Uh, how are we doing here today, Andrea? Very well, Ryan. How are you? I'm doing well as well. Thank you so much uh, for taking the time to uh, join me here today. Uh, now, for those who don't know, well, what is Bill C-53? Uh, Bill C-53 is self-government legislation. Um, it is reconciliation in action, and it is a bill that recognizes self-government for the Métis Nation of Alberta, Métis Nation of Saskatchewan, and Métis Nation of Ontario. So how would this bill benefit, uh, you know, the Métis Nations uh, in Alberta? Well, the bill is, um, like I said, reconciliation in action, and it will finally allow Métis citizens and communities to have a say over our collective uh, future. Um, It focuses exclusively on internal uh, matters, such as... um, our governance structure, so how we govern ourselves, how we deal with our citizenship, uh, select our leaders, and how we take care of our Métis children. There is a fair amount of opposition to this bill from what I've read online, uh, from First Nations groups to even other Métis groups uh, saying it's an overreach, uh, others saying if it passes it'll be fought in court. Uh, What do you say to those folks uh, who oppose this bill? Well, Honestly, Ryan, I'm not, I'm, I really don't understand the opposition. Um, I think the, the legislation itself, if, you, if you've read it, it does clearly outline what the legislation is about, um, which I've stated um, many times before and, and already today in speaking to you that it is about us. It is about the Métis Nation of Alberta it is about our governance structure, our elections, um, our children. It does not have anything to do with any other Indigenous body. Your message in an October news release indicated this passing was reconciliation in action, something you've already mentioned here today. Uh, why do you feel that is the case? Well, for, for many years, decades in fact, um, the Métis people have not been recognized. Um, we know ourselves um, that we are a, are a government, that we have been governing ourselves, but we haven't been recognized. And throughout history, there has been a lot of ups and downs, a lot of false starts, um, starting, you know, I mean, in 1982 with the amendment to the Constitution and, you know, um, our ancestors, our elders, and and people that are still living today thought that, oh, this is excellent. This is going to change things for us. We're not no longer going to be the forgotten people. Well, that didn't happen. And, you know, over the years, other things have have happened um, for us and with the the government of Canada, and nothing has gotten any traction, and there hasn't really been any progress until the last I don't know, seven or so years, and now with this legislation, um, we will, it will be, it will be entrenched. It will be our recognition and showing Canada that we are a government, which we've known all along. 
You know, you did kind of mention uh, this a little bit earlier, but uh, this bill does not include uh, anything in terms of land rights or uh, harvesting rights. Uh, how important could that be moving forward? Well, I mean, we right we right now this legislation, as I said, is is about our governance structure and and our election, our children, and. Um, I'm not sure if you're aware, Ryan, but we just had an election in September under our new governance structure, which is the Otatemsoak Métis government. We ratified our constitution last year, and that is what this is about. It's about us governing ourselves. Where do we stand now on Bill uh, C-53? Well, um, we're anticipating that the INAN committee will resume its uh, hearings um, the end of the month, beginning of February, when the House uh, comes back, and um, they'll continue on with the line by line, and we're hoping that they will move it along so that we can um, get it back to the House for uh, the final vote, and then it can go off to the Senate um, process as well. And you mentioned, uh, again, if this bill does receive third reading in the House, it, it still has to go through the Senate. So realistically, when could we see uh, this bill passed? Well, that is that is a question for government, actually, Ryan. Um, I am hoping that it will um, pass, pass swiftly. And just like all of the other, you know, over two dozen Indigenous self-government legislations have passed, um, some with unanimous consent, some with one or two hearings, um, and you know that has not been the process for us, and it, it is, has been it has been a very trying time for our citizens, um, having to read the things that they've read in the media, having to go through this process um, differently than all other indigenous uh, legis- self-government legislation. So I hope that our government will move it along so that we can we can um, have this passed so that our citizens can um, feel that they have you know made a difference for their children and grandchildren you mentioned that you feel this has been uh, treated differently than uh, previous cases in the past for starters how concerning is that for you and uh, the Métis people well I mean it's disappointing that's what it is. It's, it is. it's disappointing. We have moved, Canada has moved along so quickly and, well, not necessarily quickly, but moved along with reconciliation in so many different areas. Um, and this is a part of that. And Canada needs to, to do what's right. Um, my elder, who sadly passed away um, almost two years ago, Francis Dumay had always told me that there really isn't a, you know, a Cree word for reconciliation, and the closest thing he could come to was, um, and I, I'm sorry, I, I unfortunately don't speak Cree, but he said the closest thing that it came to was a word that meant setting things straight, and that's what that's what we need to do. That's what Canada needs to do. That's what all the parties need to do is to set things straight, to make things right for the Métis citizens in Alberta, Saskatchewan, Ontario. It's, it's time. It's overdue is what it is. Andrea Sandmeyer, anything else you'd like to add today? You know, just that we are excited 
We're excited about this legislation. We are excited about our new governance structure, about the Otapinsoak Metis government. Um, we are excited about the transition to our new government. We, I, I just want, you know, the people of Fort McMurray to know how proud um, we are of the Métis citizens that live in Fort McMurray, that make Fort McMurray their home, um, and how excited I am to have the Citizens Council um, that we have now. It's, uh, it's an exciting future for the citizens of the Métis within Alberta. Andrea, thank you again so much for your time today. You're very welcome, Ryan. Have a great day. That was our show for today. A big thank you to both Chief Alan Adam and Andrea Sandmeyer for joining me on today's show. Tomorrow is looking like another jam-packed show. I hope you can join us for that. Thank you for listening to Fort McMurray Matters this afternoon. I'm Ryan McNally, and have yourself a great day.